Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sells Podcast, podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist about all things related to modern dating and the psychology behind men and women's sex differences. Yep. We are in the top 50 science podcasts in Australia. <laughs> Don't know if we're actually a scientific <laughs> podcast, but we're there. Uh, if you live in the Gold Coast, I have a Gold Coast comedy show on March the 20th. And if you live in Sydney, I have a weekly comedy slash improv show. Every Thursday has been selling out every week. It's been a lot of fun. I'd love for you to come and check that one out. Just go to neilkylehacker.com slash tickets. Eliza, how how are you going? I'm um, I'm good. I'm feeling very zen here at your place because I'm overwhelmed by the smell of lemongrass. <laughs> I'm really into my essential oils. What got you into that? I got the essential oils originally. <laughs> I'm such a white girl. I got them because <laughs> when I got Shorty, the cat, uh, there were certain essential oils that would uh, prevent her from uh, wanting to eat the plants. The house. Oh, so yeah. This is like three white girls. So I've got the house plants, then I've got the cat. <laughs> then I need the essential oils to prevent the cat from eating the house plants. Yeah. And then I just actually started sniffing the essential oils. <laughs> And they feel good. I walk in and Neil's like got on his hands and he's like, <laughs> he's yeah. like a little junkie with it. Uh, well, it's, it's better to be addicted to that. <laughs> it's than a good. Lot of I put them all in my bath. I put like, I have the diffusers. It's the best thing ever. I, I'm a big fan of scent. Although I, my friend sent me this um, quiz that can determine which essential oils you need in your life. And Ooh, it's like okay. you tick off how you're feeling and, and what you're experiencing. And then mine came back with like 40 different oils I need. So, um, yeah, probably won't That's <laughs> invest a lot. in 40. But then again, it wouldn't surprise me if I saw you with 40. <laughs> no. And 40 separate <laughs> diffusers Spritzing as it well. all over, yeah. Yeah. Basically. No, but yeah. all these things I, I, I used to just uh, uh, it just just laugh at things like astrology and essential oils and even houseplants, but look at me. Look at you now. I'm actually into uh, star signs, just as a joke. I don't actually think yeah, there's yeah, real yeah, signs sure, behind sure. it. But Classic I'm Aries. I'm really interested in it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not for me. I know the real truth, but I kind of like it. <laughs> so true. Very Aries of me. I think that, I don't know why houseplants get a bad reputation because I think they make, you know, it makes an atmosphere when you can come in and see all your plants, smell the lemongrass. They think that's beautiful. <laughs> get greeted by Shorty. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, look at that, I've got that boxing bag there. That's something, yeah, that's, something masculine. You put in something manly there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few beers in the fridge. That's it. That's it. Uh <laughs> Yeah, but I am a white girl in a brown man's body. The struggle is real. I know. That's why I make fun of them. white chicks in reverse. Yeah, Yeah. I make fun of them so much because I am that. Yes, you and I are more similar than we thought. I think we are. (laughs) I think we are. When people are like, as a brown person, what do you think about this? I'm like, I don't don't know. As a white girl, I can tell you (laughs) this. (laughs) Right? Love mm. that. How are you though? I'm good. Yeah, I'm a lot better. I know uh, a few people might have. And, and thank you for the people who messaged me. I was definitely feeling a bit down on some of the last podcasts and the last Sex Sales podcast and the last uh, two Neil and Jordan podcasts, but feeling a lot better now. Good. So thank you. Uh, I've read some great books and I want to recommend them. The first one is the Attachment Theory Workbook, mm. and that will tell you all about uh, whether you're anxious or an avoidment, avoidant attachment style, mm. healthy or, uh, sorry, secure or insecure, it'll give you some exercises to do to work out what your style is, at what points in the relationship, how you can 
mitigate against some of the adverse effects of that attachment style and how you can just better understand yourself and be a better partner. Mm, love. Did you so find you out what your attachment style is? Much more towards anxious. Yeah. Yeah, which I sort of knew. Yeah, you, yeah. But uh, basically, uh, very briefly, yeah, anxious is when someone's pulling away, you go, no, come back. And like, you basically have abandonment issues. And yeah. Avoidant is the opposite. They just want to avoid everything. And For sure. want to be as autonomous as possible and feel like uh, intense emotions can actually be an affront to their mm-hmm. uh, personal space. True that. Yeah. And I also read this great book. Jordan swears by it. I've always wanted to read it. My God, this book changed my life. Oh my God. It's not often that I say there's a few, but there's, you know, your classic Sapiens and mm-hmm. and then um, Esther Perel, uh, Mating in Captivity. This one by Helen Fisher, Why Him, Why Her. Read it. Okay. Whatever you're reading now, stop, read this. It's a really easy read, 200 and something pages, really well written. The basic gist of it is uh, she categorizes humans into four main um, personality types based on the primary chemical in in someone's brain so whether it's testosterone estrogen uh, dopamine or serotonin so Mm. testosterone you're a director so you're very ambitious very combative competitive usually laser focused on one thing Um, some of the negatives to that are that you can seem uh, you lack emotion you lack compassion lack empathy uh, and then you've got the dopamine one, which is the explorer. Mm. So these people are the most fun. They love adventure. They oh. love novelty. They love yeah. uh, trying new things, spontaneity. They mm. don't like rules. They don't like rigidity. They don't like too much of a routine. <laughs> so these people yeah. are great for casual encounters. Yeah, They st- can struggle in long-term relationships. But uh, if, if you read this and you understand your personality type, it can help you a lot. Yeah. Um, then you've got the estrogen, which is the negotiator. And these are people who are very empathetic. Uh, they connect with people by talking about, the, well, yeah, themselves. And, and they relate to other feelings people are having by talking about times where they've experienced those same feelings. Mm. I would think you're a negotiator. Yeah, estrogen makes sense. I'm like the the walking embodiment of estrogen, I think. 100%. You know, when you yeah, look at someone, you're like, this is a fertile person. Like, <laughs> those are childbearing that's, hips and tips that's there. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> Sure. Maybe I'm okay. just thinking that. <laughs> um, I think Jordan's definitely director. Which yeah. Is, what are you? Very Wait, so what's the last one first? The last one, I'm the last one. But we'll, but negotiators, uh, they they uh, they need to feel uh, they they love emotional intimacy, connecting with people. They're not. Sometimes they can avoid logic and and reason oh and, God, and just yes. not think very rationally, mm. and can get very dramatic and things like that. So that's some of the bad things. And then the last one, which is mine, and I assume most of the people who listen to this are this personality type builder. So serotonin. So really love consistency, routine, security. Everything in our life is based around we need to feel secure. We need to feel things need to make sense. We're usually a jack of all trades. So we're really good at a lot of things compared to a director who can be like laser focused Mm -hmm. on one thing. Um, We make great long-term partners usually, and we can be quite traditional and, and stoic and sometimes uh, lack spontaneity and fun and can be a bit well boring and dull mm. really uh, but we're very committed very loyal uh, love planning things so I do think with my last relationship I think she was 100% an explorer mm. and I was a builder yeah. so as soon as I would say things uh, there's, I feel like there might be a little issue here or there's a 
there's a some rules here. Yeah. I was looking for security. So if anything, mm-hmm. it was like a example of look, I want to connect with you more by putting these. Yeah. Uh, significant rules in place and she was feeling constricted yeah, yeah. that was a big thing wow. she was saying oh this is controlling this is controlling i'm like well, but now yeah. I, I understand that because explorers see rules and expectations as an assault on their aut- autonomy mm. whereas builders see rules and uh, rigidity as a way to make sense of the world yeah. so i think jordan peterson 100 percent a builder because he's yeah. always talking about like we need order and not chaos <laughs> so can That's, you be a combination of them? Yes, yes. In uh, fact, I was a builder director. Yeah, because so I, I heard some director. of the director I thought of you when you said it. And I was like, yeah, this makes sense. For I you. was builder director negotiator. Ah. The one that I got the least was explorer. Right. I think that meant I don't really take a lot of risks. And That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, I want to read this. What, what's it called? Why, why him? him, why her? Got it. Cannot recommend it enough. Uh, read this book. It's on my uh, story on Instagram on my good books highlight. Mm. and it's by Helen Fisher, who I think is a, I don't know if she's a therapist or a psychologist. She's in this world. Yeah. I've got to read more of her books, but you will not look at the world. as Now I'm trying to categorize everyone. Yeah. What sort of person are they? What do you think your boyfriend is? Because I assume. He's definitely builder. Yeah, I assume most traders are builders. Yeah. They literally are building things. (laughs) But it's a very, you know, structured, organized he could repeat the same day over and over and over again and just yeah. live a very happy, simple life and be completely content. I think that I'm definitely a negotiator from what you said. I definitely think I also have like a little bit maybe of explorer because I have such like I have huge issues with authority and rules. Like mm. I don't like to follow what people tell me to do. Even though I come across like I would, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that for yeah. sure. I think generally most men tend to be directors or builders mm. and women tend to be well maybe not build, builders were maybe a bit more 50 50 yeah. but directors were primarily men mm. and negotiators were primarily female and then they are often very attracted to each other ah. so you do get a little bit of that or the you know yeah. the bad boy and the nice girl type, yeah. type thing um, builders generally are actually quite attracted to each other ah. although that hasn't really been the case with me oh, wow. um so yeah well it makes sense if you have those same like underlying values it's funny how like this kind of concept of you know there's those and then there's i don't know if you i can't remember the the actual formal name for it but basically um when i did i did like a a masters of life coaching right this two-year course and they categorize us into um colors and it's to do this test it, it costs like hundreds of dollars so they only give it to like professionals at times i had to find the name of it but it has almost the exact same things but you are um a color and you progress through the colors like each the further on and more mature and emotionally um how much insight you have the better it is as a color so i think the best color you can get to is is green and that's when you're like wise beyond your years you never feel jealousy you never feel like the desire for success and things like red is like i follow all the rules um Mm. and this and that or no that's blue and then red is i don't like any rules and then orange is like usually when you're in your mid-20s to 30s and you're like i want to be successful i want to make an impact i want to do this and then yellow is like like, I know I want to settle down. I want to, you know, connect with family. And so it's kind of interesting. interesting. Like it carries over in so many different ways. But I love those kind of personality things and, and understanding them. And Oh, yeah. me too. I love the psychology tests as well. Oh, I need to yeah. do that again. But I think I was INFJ 
I think. I was I in something. That's what I was. I think I was that. I, I was the... Uh, was Were you the, the campaigner? That's what I Maybe. Am. It was either the campaigner or was it the diplomat or the... It had some pretty famous historical figures. They all Nelson do. Mandela uh, and Martin Luther King. Yeah. It was you need a grounding philosophy to to everything you do. You are the iron. You're introverted, but then you also have a, an ability to connect with people and good yeah. public speaker. Usually, the oh, I forgot what it's called, but I think that actually, I think it might. Not, I think the campaigner is the ENF. The E N. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. It's funny because when I did the tests, I did them like three years between. Like one was when I was in uni, one was when I finished. And the first time I did it, it said I was 98% extroverted, which was like extremely uncommon. The second time I did it, I was 51% extroverted, 49% introverted. That's a big change. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to know what happened, but maybe it was just more insight. But that's the thing with personality tests. Sometimes it can be so down to how you feel on the day. Yeah. How accurate are they really? But also our brain chemistry does change as we get older and so the people who are coming back to explorers who really look for dopamine hits and want that high yeah in general everyone wants that a lot more when they're teenagers and when they're kids that's all you want exactly but then as you get older you do crave stability and routine and generally not everyone Mm. uh you want a little bit of safety yeah that's when everyone goes for the builders then it's like you didn't (laughs) like us in high school we're (laughs) too boring yeah. And now you want us. So yeah. true. Um, but today, uh, we're about, uh, one other quick announcement. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you can. All the money goes to charity, some of the most uh, effective charities per dollar spent uh, out there. So go to neilcohacker.com slash podcasts. Even if it's a dollar a month, you'll be helping a lot of underprivileged people. So... Today. And send us some more questions, like old yeah. mate Randy. Yeah, we do. We we have one that we're going to do in two weeks. It's a good one. Oh, good. But uh, we're going to avoid the questions for a while. Uh, today we want to talk about sex. Woo, shock. God, I said that in such a boomer way. <laughs> I'm talk about sex, kids. Uh-huh. But uh, this is based on a friend of yours. Yes, yes. Talk so about how important sex is in a relationship. Yeah, I have a I have a mate and she's single and um I refer to her a lot on these podcasts and examples because everything that happens to her is so funny to me. Was this and the one that loves our uh, sexting? Yes, it is. The one that loves there you go. <laughs> Of course she loves sex. Yes. Um so she's she's been single for a little bit and the last um boyfriend um she'd had, she dated for a couple of years and they were like very she was very in love with him and he was it was kind of like that anxious avoidant thing she was chasing him and he was a bit like I have no emotions kind of thing and then so she was chasing him Mm. more and he was super busy um he works a very high profile job and because of that he you know the sex wasn't always on the table he'd be exhausted and he had like some issues with like sexual function or whatever um and so she kind of went like you know two years with not really being able to have sex because she could barely see at him. all. Well, were they even doing it once every two weeks or anything? They like that? were, yeah. but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. wasn't there good. were some issues there. Um, 
in yeah. that okay. kind of relationship. Yeah. So she's been single now and, and she's wanting to like, you know, she's been single for a bit now, like, I don't know, six, seven, eight months. And she wants to kind of find another boyfriend. And um, she met this guy and we were like, oh, he seems so lovely. And he is like, he's on paper. He's perfect for her. And she's yeah. been going on all these dates with him. And she couldn't sleep with him because she she had like um, her period and then this happened and then they were on their way back and they couldn't and something blah, blah, blah. So it ended up they were dating for weeks and they hadn't had sex even though they were both like dying for it. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually it came around to it and he, he has um, – he also has like sexual functioning issues and she's very understanding. So she's not going to shame someone for being like, oh, you can't get it up, like get out. She's like, that's totally fine. Like we can, you know, be intimate in other ways. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that at all. That's 100% fine. But then in addition to that, he doesn't like going down on girls. He doesn't like seeing girls from like behind, like doggy. And and then she was like, well, if you can't have sex with me and you're not going to go down on me and, and you don't like this, like – should I be dating him? But he's also like such a lovely person. Like we get along so well. And then, you know, we were kind of talking about it with the with the girls and having this debate, like would should she end this, you know, thing she's got with someone because she's not sexually satisfied. Has she talked to him about that? Yeah, but she she didn't want to be like, you know, it, it's it's a hard thing to with someone that has like anxiety around sex. You don't want yeah, to end something sure. about sex because that will just you know cement that in them for life. And I was yeah. a bit you know you got I wouldn't even bring up the sex kind of thing because unless it was a relationship that you're really invested in making work and being like this is what I need to feel satisfaction. But considering they were just in like the dating phase for a few weeks or whatever, yeah, she was just like I just can't do it. She sent him a really nice message and it wasn't like... Oh, so she broke up? She, she did. Oh, okay. She ended up breaking up with him. Well, they weren't ever together, but she basically was just like, you're a really beautiful person. I've really enjoyed our dates. Um, I've had so much fun with you and get along with you so well. I just don't think this is heading in the direction I want it to be. Like, mm. um, I want to end things. Um, I wish you best of luck kind of thing. And he was like, yeah, right. Okay. Um, didn't Ooh. see that coming, but sure basically and she just left it at that but yeah it kind of like left left me questioning because this happened so many times I guess to a lot of um you know my mates and then you know I was talking to my mom about this um once and she was basically like this is an issue that you have when you're in your 20s whereas if you were in your like 30s you would be like that's okay he's a good man I'll settle down (laughs) (laughs) really yeah so I was like, mm, how, uh, then you, how then important you repress is it? all of that and become a Karen. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, it is a common thing because I posted a story a couple of weeks ago when I was reading the, I think it was the attachment theory workbook. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I was reading this article about, well, the article was all about how now it's women that are initiating open and yes. non-monogamous relationships yes. in middle in middle class circles in the West. It's women that are pushing for that a lot more, especially if they've been married or been in a long-term relationship for a couple of years because the statistics showed that women lose interest in, in sex in a longer-term relationship earlier than a man does on average. Yeah. So in that example of uh, your friend dating her ex-boyfriend, yeah. that wasn't the case. Mm. Um, and it wasn't that you know, women want sex less or anything like that. It's it's that, well, the article was saying that women really crave novelty and adventure and spontaneity mm. and something a bit different mm. as men, especially if you're a builder like me. Uh, <laughs> all right, that worked. Let's just do that every week. Let's plan it. 
7 o'clock every Friday. <laughs> so true. You get that same bottle of wine that you like. Oh, yeah, you same like position. it when I do that. She liked it when I did that. Missionary for two and a half minutes. Okay. Or, or there'll be like three different things. Well, I'll do that one this week. In order, yeah. <laughs> So Yeah, what happened when you posted it? What were the responses you were getting? I got a lot of girls messaging me about that because it, it did seem I was I, I said, look, I'm not trying to judge anyone here, but what do you think yeah, of this? Right. A lot of women responded saying either that wasn't the case for me, he yeah. didn't want to have sex, or they just said, Look, this is I think why this happened. Some were saying, Well, we, we get bored easily. Some mm. said, uh, there's not enough foreplay. Uh one response that was really good was women feel like if they have to spell out their sexual needs, it's a turn-off. Mm. But then men also are more are less intuitive yeah. and feel it's a lot easier if you just actually – here's a list of things I like. Exactly. I'd be happy I disagree them. with her. Like obviously it's not sexy maybe while you're in the sex. I can understand why you'd have that perspective, but you can talk about those things outside of the bedroom and be like, I really love it when you do this and like I really like – more of this kind of thing but you should you can't just get a man to guess what you're into or a woman like you got to tell them i think and for a lot of people it's a very vulnerable situation and a lot of their self-esteem is based on for sure how physically intimate and Mm -hmm. uh competent i am in 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 that realm especially with my partner so if a woman were to say to a man look i you're not satisfying me. I mean, that would, that would generally just destroy him. That would be brutal. That would yeah. be a very hard thing to hear for a lot of men. And I know, again, this is anecdotal, but I've heard of some girls who've wanted to try, I don't know, bring in a vibrator or whatever. Mm. And then the guy's like, what, is my dick not good enough? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. That's so common. So. you got to be confident and comfortable in your sexuality. Even if you're, like, inexperienced or whatever, you kind of just got to – people, especially women, they need a lot more, you know, to reach that state, especially a state of orgasm, I guess, than, than males require usually. So if she wants to bring a vibrator, it's just because she wants to enjoy this experience with you. Like, you know, it's – it's no biggie. Don't, don't fret it. Better a vibrator than another guy's dick. Yes. Because that'll happen eventually. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that is interesting. I guess coming back to how important sex is in the relationship, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's really important. I don't yeah. think I could date someone if the sex wasn't satisfying. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's so many different kind of facets to it. You know, first of all, some people's libido runs very, very high. Yeah, and definitely. like... They, you know, I've I've had a lot of longer term relationships, like multiple three year and four year relationships, because I started dating so early, and it's never been something that has died down for me. Like I've always just yeah. been like, <laughs> come on. Um, but for most of my friends, it would be like you know even a, up to a year in or before or six months in, they're like, oh my god, it's so much. Like I just can't deal with it what sort of what's a high libido what's the sort of average i guess of a libido for someone in their 20s is it what a couple times a week yeah so on average it's it's about you know for for 20s like two times a week yeah okay three times a week yeah um and i think on average in general is about like across the ages is about once a week um you know once you're like older than 55 it's less than that um but yeah so i think 
once you're in your late 20s or 30s, it's about twice a week would be mm. average. And someone with a higher libido would want it um, like five to seven times a week kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I suppose then it is important. It's not something you can ask on a second date. Well, how often do you want sex? Yeah, and especially because and when you first start dating someone, all you want to do is exactly, have sex with them. Exactly, you want it all the time. So and you'll be like, someone, hey, I want it 24-7. Yeah, someone then slowly wants it a bit less, but yeah. then they usually can feel obliged. Yeah. And then they that makes it worse because then they're not enjoying it half the time, so mm. they get resentful. That builds up over time. It's your classic Classic, classic thing. Classic. Um, so what Esther Perel said in one of her books, which was really important, is it's not about planning for sex every week or anything like that, but it's about valuing physical intimacy in a relationship yeah. and having a space maybe once a week where you don't have to have sex per se, but you have to just be That's somewhat intimate with each other and then yeah. give uh, offer each other the best opportunity for sex to eventuate exactly that makes sense. so exactly. i i think it's really important i like i said yeah. i don't think i don't think i could if the sex completely dried up it, it just maybe there's other options available there but yeah. i i don't think i could personally do that um but nowadays there's a lot of sexless marriages and mm. we're having less sex than ever before because i think that's mainly because of porn yeah and also diet lifestyle factors male testosterone has yeah halved on yeah. average from the 80s like that's a lot that's and that's really crazy. scary because when <laughs> when people on the right look, a bunch of soy boys everywhere i mean they're not wrong yeah <laughs> testosterone has dramatically decreased so uh guys if you feel like your sex drive has gone down there are ways you can if you do uh increase try to increase your testosterone mm. that will increase your sex drive i know women with higher testosterone generally have a mm. higher sex drive and signs of testosterone in women are um uh, uh hair on the finger <laughs> hair on the hands so body general body hair so if right. women, women yeah. have more body hair which is generally yeah. seen as a, like oh that's gross yeah. no nah, do like guys if you want a girl with a high <laughs> sex drive look for a girl so, oh, with, don't with start doing that because all the Greek and Italian <laughs> women are going to start commenting on this thing like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if they've got, if they've got a lot of arm hair, that's actually uh, meant to be a sign of high testosterone, like square jaw, things like yeah, that. Yeah, deeper voices. Yeah, more assertive, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah she does say that. Um, I was listening to actually a podcast from hers yesterday or well, she was on someone else's podcast and interview yeah. and she was saying that it is important to schedule time you know to have sex even though it's kind of seems cringe at our age it's still really important to have specific time that you can dedicate to being like intimate at least and that it's almost better to do this in the morning or do it at lunchtime. Like we're at our lively list. Like the most likely to have sex is actually lunchtime because. Ooh, lunchtime sex. Yeah. So um, keep that, that because fun. by the time you get to the end of the day, you're stressed, you're tired, you're exhausted. You've just spent two hours trying to get the kids to go to sleep or whatever. Stress is the biggest killer of libido. So hmm. it's not likely that you're going to want to turn around and be like, you know, for, for a lot of men, um, it's it's a release and they will crave that after a stressful day. 
Um, and for a lot of women, it will be like, oh my God, I can't add anything more into, you know, my, I'm just empty. Inside like, I've n- of me. yeah, <laughs> into me. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm so, I'm run- running on flat. I can't do this kind of thing. And also, you know, medication, antidepressants kill, mm. kill libido like nothing else. The pill and how many women our age are on the, on the pill, like at least. 60% I'd say in in mm-hmm. Sydney at least like in in westernized cultures a lot of us are on the pill um and that kills your libido massively yeah, so right. get off mm. the pill oh no I shouldn't recommend that but <laughs> but read the book um and yeah so it is there's so much um there and, and you're right about you don't know, watch porn don't watch porn yeah don't if you're a guy yeah don't watch porn and it, if you do no fap, I, it can be hard sometimes. Yeah. And there's other adverse effects. You just get so freaking horny. Yeah. And <laughs> do dumb things. So if you want to do that, though, that will massive. If you're struggling with sex with an intimate partner, just try not watching porn and, and not masturbating yes. for a while. And listen to our porn podcast. It. It's so good. It's so, um, it will change your life, maybe. maybe. I actually um, opened up, there's a subreddit called like Reddit After Dark. Where people ask like really like personal and intensive like questions, like yeah. often related to sex. And I saw one today and he said, does anyone open up Reddit, you know, during the day just so that they can see like naked bodies? And I forget that a lot of people use Reddit for porn. I forgot that that Is was it, even on there. Yeah, it's like, it there's heaps. Yeah. You and Jordan really like, I've ne- I just don't understand uh, Reddit. It's so um, it's I'm like just you can literally weird. just read endless amounts of forums on things that you enjoy. Like it's crazy. So I just like yeah. read endless relationship okay. drama all day. And well, I'm send like, me a good, if you find a good one, send oh, it to me. I will. I've got, <laughs> oh my right. God, I've got so many. I save like really good ones. There's one called Glitch in the Matrix. That's like real trippy, trippy things. And it might be a bit too far <laughs> out of field for you, Neil, but I'll send it to you anyway. Like okay. it's, it's right. wild. Let's and you'll a, go down a, a rabbit go. hole and read hours of it anyway so he was like does anyone go on reddit just to look at naked bodies like during the day even if you're at work and heaps of people like thousands of people were saying yes like i go on i look at it during work if i need a five minute breather go and just scroll through and then the other half of the people were like i did this but i had to stop because it ruined my relationship you know i was so um he someone said you know i was basically touched out by the end of the day even though i wasn't touching any of these females but i was seeing so much nudity i was desensitized so by the time my wife came on to me i didn't give two shits like that's that's what happens even if he wasn't getting off he was like i wasn't interested at all so i had to stop and then my sex drive came back tenfold yeah Um, and that was like the highest voted comment and all these other men were saying yeah i stopped as well and this and that yeah so it is um it's very tempting because you just you know you're feeling a bit stressed. You got a break yeah. and you're just on your phone, Pornhub.com. Yeah. But you know you, I swear by it. Like the, the, having, I do go back sometimes here and there. But I yeah. I used to watch porn a lot. Yeah. And it's um, it does it it uh, decreases your libido and your sex drive. And even if you are single, you're just not as likely to want to go out and try to meet girls yeah. and. You think, oh, it might be awkward. I might get rejected. Cool. I can just watch these like three yeah. 18-year-old whatever yeah. doing whatever. Exactly. And, then, and, then just unre- and, you know, that's never going to happen. Exactly. Maybe pretty unlikely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really do strongly recommend just just 
try and just completely cut it, not even minimize it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. changes this, like cut your actual out. brain, you know, chemicals and things like that as well. Um, but anyway, so back to your like Instagram story. And I think that a lot of women that would see it would be so rubbed the wrong way by coming to have to like face that. But it is, you know, statistically correct that women are more likely to lose interest after a couple of years in sex. And, you know, Esther Perel even says that women, um, you know, again, by stats are much more likely to lean towards seeking or desiring a non-monogamous situation in the relationship compared to men. So men are happily sexually satisfied on average longer with the same partner than a woman is. That's interesting. Um, And her kind of theory of this is because women sex for women is about being romanced and it's about you know when i feel desire when i feel appreciated when i feel wanted i feel sexy and confident kind of thing and um men and then i want to have sex and for men it's like it's the other way around it's yeah it's like when i have sex i feel connected to you i feel desired and i feel wanted so you crave sex to get that yeah and i definitely think that i'm i think more like a man in this and when it comes to sex i'm definitely a like you know align a lot more with the male um view of it but i know that that's generally not common for women um so they you know what happens is two years into a relationship you know he's not doing he's not going to be showering you with all these compliments as much because you're so settled you're probably moving in together or whatever and you're talking about your future he might not have to tell you every single day you're so pretty you're at the phase where you're going in the bathroom together yeah exactly exactly uh, romantic yeah you're pipping popping pimples on each other's back and shit or is that just me no um i do love (laughs) that though It's something very cathartic. I sometimes watch pimple popping videos. I can't watch the videos, but I love to do it. So cathartic. I don't know why. I'm just like, oh, get it out, get it out. Oh. It's it's almost orgasmic. The release. Yeah. yeah that's anyway, it. That's weird, but go on. Um, so, yeah, you know, all these kind of changes that happen that time into a relationship that women don't feel seduced anymore and their libido drops. And then they were like, well, it's not actually mm. that they don't desire sex. They just don't desire sex with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, they crave someone else. That. Yeah. Because as a man, you've you've dedicated a lot of time to this woman. Yeah. You've committed. You've tr- I'm sure most men have tried their best to be a good boyfriend, yeah. husband, partner. Yeah. And that love language can be different. Mm. So it's, it's, you know, working every day to help um, – provide for a future family or the you know pay off the mortgage or whatever it might be uh being being there for her listening to her things like that and then to hear i just don't want to have sex with you anymore exactly that's that's pretty crushing exactly and i think you know that it's it's that they would probably women will probably won't admit it to their partners though but yeah they they'll go and seek someone else so that they can then and the only reason they're wanting someone else isn't because they want variety or you know a different a different penis it's because they want that someone to kind of be like oh my god you're so gorgeous like i just want you so bad kind of thing Mm. um which was usually what happens in a new relationship and so then that cycle kind of like repeats itself and I think generally that the reason why I've had so many you know successful um well what I would consider successful long-term relationships um and have never like had a drop in sex drive or anything is probably because I've always picked men that are very like sweet and and sensitive and communicative so I've always have 
my boyfriends and partners have always been really like um, telling me how much they mean to me, like even four years into a relationship. So I've yeah. always felt that value and drive for them. Whereas, you know, my my mate will be dating some very like blokey bloke and there's nothing wrong with blokey blokes, but he doesn't like to communicate, he doesn't like to talk. And at first she was like, oh, he's so sexy, he's so manly. I love that he's like the silent big muscly man that's the classic thing and then that's more attractive to a lot of yeah and then a year Mm. and a half in she's like my god he just like he never tells me he loves me he never tells me i'm beautiful he never tells me this and i just don't even want a bar of him yeah well (laughs) i get guys hear that sort of stuff and we think well okay what do you want you know sometimes it's be the stoic masculine type and sometimes it's be the romantic shower them with gifts type and it's almost like all right be the stoic masculine type at the start and then yeah and then eventually be the more romantic type yeah that's it that's uh, what you're gonna do yeah it sometimes can be a lot for men to hear all this and it's like fuck what do you want like but but, yeah no it's always better to to hear the truth and uh you know better ourselves and i i do you think it's a good idea pretty early on in a relationship for a guy to just offer the space to have that conversation and say, hey, look, if, if you do feel you want something more in sex or yeah. there's anything I can do better, don't feel like telling me will hurt me or something like yes. that. Just just say it. Yes. And it's better to be truthful in that situation. And then vice versa, I think, if there is something like, but, oh, my God, imagine saying that. Oh, you did don't like the way you do that or I don't like the way you said yeah, that. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Just... Never say you don't like the way. you got to treat yeah, it like you, you were trained, you know. like When you, should... you do this, it's really, yeah. it's, a, it's a turn on or like, yeah. I love the way you do that. Exactly. The more you repeat that, that when it's happening, it's the more it's going to like cement in their mind like this. And I, you can even have those conversations in like a sexy way. Like, tell me what your biggest turn on is. Tell me what your fantasy is. That's like, what, yeah. What's your fantasy? Yeah. That's like like there's so many um, board games you can get. Like there's one called uh, Monogamy me and <laughs> and it's um Damn, this is you, so white you basically <laughs> you basically go around the board and there's like levels i think and then so one level would be like you communicate something like tell me this and it asks these like really good questions that you may not naturally ask sorry this is so good it's, i'm gonna give it's a good, it's i'm gonna a good, give neil this game i'll probably play it but it's, it's so white yeah, <laughs> I actually bought it um, and then um, I, me and my boyfriend like opened it. We bought two. They were basically the same as monogamy. And one of them is like, yeah, you go, you had the questions and then you have like the actions or whatever. But he had that response that you did. He was like, I already know all these things and we already <laughs> do all these things. So, yeah. But then we gave it to our friends. Yeah, um, okay. I gave, we gave them a little sex package bag and they fucking sex. loved it. Like they needed it so badly. They were like, we learned so much about each other. Like it really connected us. We had the best sex ever. Like blah, blah, blah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So for some people it like works. And there's another one. It's called uh, like pillow talks or, or something like that. And it's like this little box of like questions. It's not necessarily about sex, but it would be like, in your previous relationship, what was your like most valued? Mm. What did you value the most about that person? And what was your what has been your biggest turn on or desire or whatever? So I think it is so important to have those kind of conversations and frequently. Uh, for a lot of men, that can be mainly younger men that can be a bit confronting to hear yeah. her talk about the good things about the ex and things like that. Yeah, but you got to I think just basically get over that as long as you're not bragging and like using it as a way to be like oh 
My ex just had, you know, he's just the best sex I've ever had. Like, I don't think I'll ever top God, that chemistry. Yeah, you don't say Look, you're really like nice, that. but my ex was yeah. really good at sex. And if yeah. you do it this way, oh, God. And people love oh, to use their exes. That. Like, it's a, it's an emotionally immature thing. I used to do it as well when I was, like, you know, 18 or, or 17 where I would use talk about other guys that you know have been into me to try oh, to like yeah. light a fire in my partner but that's something that you no. if you're still doing it at 20 you <laughs> need to grow out of it you know onwards it's an it's emotionally mature to use references to previous partners to make yourself seem desirable or make them get jealous yeah that is actually yeah. bought, like almost controlling in a way yeah it's subconscious but yeah because that would just make a guy very jealous yeah and yeah it, it, it wouldn't have the effect of oh i'm gonna be better than that guy and do exactly what he did but exactly. better it would be why is she why is she still thinking about yeah him? yeah it doesn't have the effect that, that you're going to be hoping for it's <laughs> and like you know especially with women it's it's sometimes we see with men that they have like that competitive nature they were like well fuck this like they'll be angry but the the anger isn't often directed at the the girlfriend where maybe it should be when they talk about their exes um casually accidentally without knowing what they're doing um but when when wait, it, wait, wait, what are you talking about <laughs> like as in when someone's like oh i'm gonna talk about my ex and pretend that i have no like hidden intention behind telling my current boyfriend how great my ex was at sex but then when guys do that so to girls they don't have like this competitive like i want to be the best sex there they're just like i have i'm nothing like this they take it as like a lowers their self-esteem kind of thing it depends on the guy yeah some guy some men might hear that and be like i'll fucking beat that guy yeah exactly but a lot of men will be like why are you still why are you still thinking about him why are you yeah. still into him yeah in that way i think it's just know? the way you phrase it like i yeah obviously i talk about my exes a lot during these podcasts and the only way i usually references them is they're all really lovely every guy <laughs> boyfriend i've had has been really beautiful and sweet and kind um and my current boyfriend listens to my podcast he's never like literally thought twice because i say that at home like my yeah. my i'll bring my boyfriend to to family dinner and we'll occasionally bring up an ex or whatever and laugh like a cute story and then i'll be like oh he was nice but adrian you are you're not but adrian like as in comparison but it's just kind of like a period of a life that you treat it as not as it's this huge taboo thing that i've been with someone else but you have yeah. to make it clear that there's no like residual emotions <laughs> there's no like fantasies about your partners and there's nothing like no comparison completely different good luck bringing an ex with an ethnic guy <laughs> That's who is that? <laughs> Don't ever talk about him again. You slut. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just really quickly, while it, while it's fresh in my mind, when we were talking a little bit before about how um, that kind of women are attracted to that masculine thing, like that kind of yeah. belief, the alpha male or whatever. I saw this video and it was so interesting. I was going to send it to you, but I couldn't. It was the file was too big or something or too long to send it. I don't know. I can't remember. And basically it was this guy had made um, a video about how he was a good looking guy. And he was at one point really fit, like not intimidatingly fit, like mm. bodybuilder, but just like quite muscular and, um, you know, had a good body. And he had Tinder and he was like, when I looked like this, like fit, I had this many matches. And then now he's still, you know, good looking, but he doesn't go to the gym. He's got like a nice body, but it's not like crazy defined or athletic or whatever. And he's like, now that I look like an average guy, my my 
Tinder likes have like quadrupled. And then this, you know, person I hear that. Yeah. yeah this um this woman analyzed this and she said, you know, she she had studied um like social trends, um, gender studies, sociology, and women's studies, basically. So she was pretty qualified to comment on this. And she was saying that this belief about, you know, the alpha male comes so strongly from men's research and male perspective, even though we've seen it in like, you know, the apes or whatever. Mm, But basically he, when he was at his fittest, he was putting on, you know, the the power male. He was putting like the male gaze on himself. Like, what would be respected by most men? Like, what would other men find like respecting, respectful, okay. or, or sexy in a man? Whereas the woman, yeah, it can be super sexy, and some women desire that. But every single girl, you know, that I'm friends with or know, no one goes after except one of my friends who exclusively dates likes to date athletes the only girl out of everyone i know has she's the only one that has that kind of desire for that like sexy body kind of thing every single other person doesn't give two shits about it let me respond to that because i you're passionate about this no i know i am yes because like i want to just not fully disagree there because there's definitely a lot of truth to that men can sort of look at what do other men find attractive and what do they admire i'm going to emulate those traits Mm. um I dispute that claim that it's, you know, male research because that book, I, Hormonal, that book yeah. I, written by a woman. Yeah. She did research there where it was uh, men based on how high their testosterone level was were seen as more sexually attractive yes. to the women. Yes, yeah. So, and traditionally, though, we did link testosterone with, with fitness, but nowadays it's not necessarily linked to that body. Like you can get like those big burly tradie guys that have a big belly or whatever and it still seems so sexy and they're still so high in testosterone and so masculine but not necessarily i don't mean like in terms of the masculine nature i mean in terms of like the really like fit bodies yeah i definitely agree that yeah yeah Yeah. there can be guys that don't have that physically uh superior specimen type body and still be very high in testosterone in fact there's a lot of like skinny yeah tall guys that just are very high in testosterone mm. however this isn't an opinion this is just a fact the more muscle mass you have the higher your testosterone yeah. will be the lower fat you have the lower body fat percentage mm. you have the high not the higher your testosterone the lower your estrogen will be so mm. relatively your testosterone yeah. over estrogen will be higher mm-hmm. um the more sex you're having the higher your testosterone yeah. Uh, depending on your diet and things like that, the, the more, most if you're getting good sleep. Uh, see, I'm very, I'm obviously very into this, um, mm-hmm. and just different sort of artificial foods and chemicals and things like that. Alcohol kills testosterone. Uh, weed also, yeah, hurts testosterone a lot, and it generally goes up up to about your mid twenties, and then unless you're sort of building muscle mass, it will. Yeah. There's a, there's like free testosterone and some other testosterone. One of them goes down after mm-hmm. that, generally at about one percent a year. So by the time you're in your fifties, you have like half the testosterone yeah. that you do. But th- again, from what I've read, that was seen as a track from basic biological yeah. instincts. They literally there was an experiment where they got women to sniff the t-shirt that a yeah. man had wore. Yeah. And they asked which scent do you think is the most attractive because they're testing the pheromones yes. and really yes. going back yeah. to our basic instinct. Yeah. It was there was a huge correlation between 
all right, the man with the highest level of testosterone in that sweat was seen as that had the most attractive scent. For sure, so, for sure. And then let me just add this yeah. other thing. I think, and then you can tell me if I'm mm. wrong here, right? Because I heard this from you and another girl said this and a lot of girls like, I want the dad bod, I want the dad bod type thing. My, do you think, you know, girls will see that guy with this ripped six pack, you know, magic Mike looking guy and be like, oh, he just thinks about himself. He, he is going to cheat. He's more likely to cheat on me. There's going to be other girls all over him. So it's, it doesn't, it's not safe for them. It's not like a safe long-term relationship. But regardless of the reasoning behind it, it still is determining their attractiveness. So even if they're like, well, but that's why it is attractive. If he's not out, if he's not super ripped or whatever, yes, I'm like, I'm attracted to the, exactly. like that guy's gonna be just into me and not have. Yes, and that is a that is a fair point, and that's true. But what I'm saying is, you know, regardless of if she's only attracted to dad bods because oh he's a fuck boy, she's still attracted to the dad bod over this. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, it's. The, I, the testosterone is completely correct. But if we had put, let's say, all these men in a room and they all have extremely high levels of testosterone, let's say, you know, some of them have the high muscle mass, whereas the other ones have like a really good sex life. You know, they're active, but they've still got some meat or whatever, or they're super skinny and they've got really good sleep and just high testosterone in general, but they're not physically active. If you walk into a room and all those men with super high testosterone in there, we'd love the smell of their t-shirts or whatever maybe <laughs> yeah. it's more likely that you know once she, she, when she picks someone out that she wants to date because of these biases we may already have she's more likely to pick someone else other than the muscly person and it might yeah. be because she doesn't you know she's going to assume he's a fuck boy that's going to cheat or isn't like ready to commit or she doesn't like the gym so he won't like her even if it's those reasons she's still choosing the other guys yeah 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 yeah. But then if you put then those saw- 10 guys with the high testosterone in with, you know, 100 guys of lower level testosterone, they're still going to be attracted to those 10. But yeah. whether or not it's the muscly one or the not muscly one. Oh, and I'm not yeah. at all suggesting that is the only factor yeah. in attractiveness. Like yeah. nothing else matters. Yeah. You can be a total idiot yeah. with zero conversation skills. But if he's got high testosterone, that's what she's going to be into. Like, no, not no. at all. There's like a million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's the biology. Yeah. So with this guy um, that went from like super fit to still fit, but not like Instagram model kind of thing, he probably still has the same level of testosterone, which makes him appealing to women. But there was something that's more of like that societal bias that yeah. is making them us more attracted to him in, as the everyday guy rather than the... Well, do you think that because now we're uh, we're so wary of sort of male uh, tyrannical dominance, mm. this sort of yeah. patriarchal uh, man that just uses his power to to uh, take advantage of women and get to the top and climb the ladder, but without any empathy and purely just competitive, without mm. any sense of emotional intelligence. That has been so shunned and so looked down upon because it's a symbol of what has essentially been oppressive to women for so long that maybe, I'm just totally just theorizing here, women just sort of implicitly sense that and see that. That's a symbol of that. That kind of, that six-pack rib going to the gym every day, that's a symbol of patriarchy, if anything. Exactly. And and sort of uh, a domineering man that's going to, try and take the lead and tell me what to do and and sort of 
restrict and constrict me yeah. because there's a lot of con- – you know how there's this huge polarity now? Yeah. People on the left and people on the mm. right. Women on the right, I think, would disagree because yeah. they're all about like I want that guy from the army yes. muscly going to take yes. care of me, ripped, whereas, yeah, in the inner western north shore of Sydney, mm-hmm. uh, middle class and upper class women maybe don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. Uh, it so also depends where you're from and it's where you live. Like if you live in like southern yeah. USA, yeah, and you walk around with a dad bod, being like, "I'll, you know, I'll talk about my feelings." I don't think women would want that on the Tinder. There, so true. Whereas- I remember once when I was um, traveling and I met these like American guys that were, you know, I guess by looking at them very attractive Mm. and they were saying like it's so crazy where they went they met these australian guys and they went around like um i think they came back to oz and traveled around there together and that these guys um the good looking like american ones they were like we didn't get laid one time like we couldn't pull a single girl but these like you know this fat this fat mate like he could get anyone blah 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 um, in Australia and I was like because he's funny like that's like because he was yeah, so yeah. charming and kind oh. of thing that that's just like such an Australian thing but like you said if you were in like Texas which one are they going to be choosing you know these women but it is so biased by I guess you know trends and society and the definition of it is always changing like the definition of a man now is someone that can like for a lot of people is someone that can no like <laughs> stand up and be like um you know women deserve rights and this or that some people perceive that as a man and other people say no a man is someone that implements tradition boundaries like structure and so kind of if thing. you just say if you just yeah. feel like a man you're a man you yeah know, so there's no definition and you go to on like tiktok for like five minutes and you'll see that so many of like these guys that when you and I are a kid would be like the ideal hot guy you know muscly or whatever shirtless everyone's taking the absolute piss out of them and then you have these guys the skinny guys on camera or the noodle boys and they've got 1.5 million likes kind of thing look because he's wearing a skirt (laughs) I feel like I've talked about I've I've gone I've talked about this in previous podcasts but you're sort of projecting this stereotype onto a guy that looks that way so yeah oh he's a douchebag he's a footy boy he's an idiot he's he's a meathead yeah and that stereotype stereotypes don't fall out of the sky. Yeah, on average, guys who have a very formidable physique might be more likely to be a bit stupid, and yeah. and and because they're focused so much on building muscle and mm-hmm. looking good, they've probably don't have time to read and to better themselves and maybe even better their career. Having said that, I still think that is a societal correlation that we've developed in just the West. Okay, yeah. because. Yeah. I always go back to look at all those sculptures of the great thinkers in the Renaissance and then even in ancient Greece. Mm. They're all just jacked. Yeah. Plato, Aristotle, all those guys yeah. look they're like super jacked. And they were some of the smartest people and the most emotionally intense. They've, yeah. they've got um, philosophical ideas that have, uh, that have, sta- that have uh, just permanently yeah. stayed in human consciousness. So that, correlation is something i know i'm very uh passionate about this obviously because i like see that in myself but it's almost i wouldn't say it's discrimination but it's stereotyping (laughs) it is it's like i I see the really big ragged rough guy buff you know six foot four chisel jaw type guy oh he's a fuck boy that's gonna cheat on me well you don't like you don't know that 
Yeah, and like, but maybe. you know what? Not everyone and, thinks that, and it's just and, like trends. I think it's it's honestly trends. Like you look at the Greek goddesses; they were all like curvy, exactly. soft curvy. bellies, and small boobs. Nowadays, we'd call that fat. And nowadays, it's the little reverse. You have to be super skinny with huge tits to some and a men. Huge ass. <laughs> yeah, but then other men are like, I don't like that. Like, yeah. Know. So it is all personal yeah. tastes and preferences. But I do wonder how much of our social ideas of what is attractive has has is malleable and has changed over the last 50 to 60 years because of some of the political ideas that have emerged versus yeah. what is intrinsically biologically sexually attractive to us i mean i don't know because we've been yeah. consuming all this media for so long there was one other thing i was yeah and then i hear a lot of things where uh this is more in some of the sort of ethnic pages i follow like the western sydney pages there's girls with all these memes saying like oh, it's always the ugly guys that cheat it's like you look That's like a so gronk toxic. but you still cheated yet the mm. like good looking guys don't cheat mm. so you know it, it <laughs> it's a lose-lose everyone, no matter where you go everyone there's going to be Chris shit Rock say? people a in. man is only as faithful as his options <laughs> so, i hate that yeah. Yeah, i know he still loves he can still be emotionally connected yeah 100 to a girl yeah invested absolutely love her but See a thrilling, hot twenty-two-year-old yeah. at a party, and then I don't know, fuck her in the bathroom or whatever, and yeah. still be in love. Like, yeah, which is I'm not excusing that, no. but I'm just saying you know it's not necessarily a symptom of him not loving you or mm. not caring about you. Um, but we well, we went on a bit of a tangent there. We did, we did. Anyway, yeah, back, to yeah, back to sex. Back to sex. But, okay, what about, though, I'm thinking asexual people and whether or not asexual people can be in relationships with people who have, you know, the, the standard sexuality spectrum. Mm. So, so I, I don't know a lot about I, asexual people who just don't have any sexual attraction, right? No, yeah, that's the very definition of it. All right, I'll let you talk about that one because I don't really know, but I will say this is going to be a bit maybe offensive or whatever i think because there's so many of these different subcategories of uh gender and sexuality mm. i do wonder if are the asexual people just maybe they're feeling a bit low in their in their life and they haven't they, they don't fit in elsewhere so then they think oh this is the identity this is my identity this is something that makes me important and make, gives me self-actualization and i wonder if they really are asexual i mean i know that's something they're gonna yeah. like write a blog about me for, literally but like i just i do wonder that you if they had grown up in a different yeah. environment or a different yeah. society you'd have to control for for things like that you know throughout history when there wasn't all this uh uh, focus on the gender spectrum and the sexuality spectrum mm. did all these different genders categorizations and sexualities exist or is it something that we've not again. Not that there's anything wrong with it or anything like that. Like live your life. But well, I you just know, do like, wonder if if it's something that people have yeah. thought. Oh, this is me because. But, and then, and it's sort of a condemnation of greater society for not giving people a purpose and giving people meaning. So they're just mm. trying to find that anywhere they can. 
I think that these things have been present throughout the times and ages. Like when you think about it, 80 years ago, people would get married, as we talked about previously, for you know economic value, yeah. not for love or whatever, sure. partnership. And that you would seek that passion and lust and love through your affairs. That what that person was for. That's when you chased, you know, your love with your affair partner. I honestly think we should go back to that. Yeah. So, so with, you know, if you were asexual, if you were an asexual woman back then, wouldn't matter because Mm. it wasn't expected. Sex was not for, you know, enjoyment for many relationships. It was for the purpose of making children. And I'm going to have sex with you once a month when I'm ovulating for one to two days. And Mm. that's it. Have Um, I told you what fuck actually stands for? What? Although someone messaged me saying, well, that's not actually true, but it's a rumor. But I, I just find it interesting. <laughs> Fuck stands for fornication under consent of the king. That's right. I so don't in, you saying that. Yeah. Ye old England, if you wanted to <laughs> uh, fornicate with your spouse, you had to get consent from the king. Jesus. I don't know how true that is, but it's pretty funny. If it Nowadays, is. you have to get consent from me. So start from Eliza specifically. If you want to, if you want to sleep with your partner, you got to message. And Eliza. I will tell you if it's the right Can thing I or not because I'm sick of all this drama. <laughs> <laughs> Let me decide for you. But yeah, basically, you know that was that wouldn't have been an issue if you were an asexual. If you were gay, mm. you know, lots of men used to sleep together hundreds of years ago and that was never even seen as an yeah. issue kind of thing. Um, but I guess what I know from... We should actually go back to that. But anyway, go yeah, on. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll do a podcast on that, like how like oh, sex and relationships yeah, yeah. have changed throughout history or something. Mm. Um, but when, when I used to run um, an LGBTI support group um, and the biggest struggle for... Um, for asexual people was exactly what you've said is that people will always say it's a phase it's not it must be a biological thing it's not you know we can fix it and work on it or whatever and they go to people be like recommending them to like doctors and they'll be like i don't want to go to a doctor because i don't want to fix it i mean it's not yeah i'm not trying to say oh that's something you need to fix yeah but i'm just saying i wonder speaking more broadly not to sort of personally attack anyone, I know yeah. uh, that can sort of implicitly occur, but I just wonder. It's the same thing with mental illness, right? So China has this policy where they just they just don't uh, acknowledge things like depression yeah. and anxiety because I wonder how much of it is a placebo when we're always talking about depression and anxiety. How many people are like, oh yeah, that's I do have that makes so much. I I have anxiety. I have depression. Now, there's two sides to that. It's we want to be able to talk about it so people can get help and not feel shame if they are feeling down Mm. and suffering from these sorts of illnesses. But also how much of it is just like a natural part of being human where uh, everyone is on a spectrum of anxiety and depression. Some people are just more depressed and more anxious than others. And just sort of creating these uh, attributable identities for people to latch onto can actually be detrimental it can it could be detrimental and it's offering them a sense of self-worth and self-actualization which again mm. that's not anything wrong with with them but it it could be just society itself is not giving that to people so then they're finding that in in these other uh, identities. Yeah, well, it's an interesting theory that you, first of all, like, you know, the quality of life in China is so much lower and the suicide yeah, yeah. rate I, no, is I'm not huge saying, because of this. And I'm not saying, oh, we should do it yeah. the way China yeah. does, but yeah. I'm just sort of comparing that yeah. because some of it can be a placebo. Yeah. And so, so socially malleable where we say 
where we categorize people as these certain yeah. things or have these ailments when mm. do we need to? You know, if yeah. everything is honest, talking about spectrums and things, yeah. if everyone is, like everyone, I think it's true that everyone is kind of just on a spectrum of, you know, gay to straight. Yeah. So yeah. you don't need to say like I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. It's just like we're all, we're all 90, at least 99% one way and 1% the other way. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't need to become like a part of your personality. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, it's I'm not again. I'm not. I, I know, like these sorts of conversations, everyone. Oh, you educate yourself, but no, it's good to have I them just, and and understand this because you know a lot of people theorize that what you said before, like what if it's just society, not you know, um, these people feel depressed because of their access to this and that, and society is not offering them that self actualization. And identity, and some people theorize that that is the very cause of depression and anxiety. And is that they're not getting that? Can I say one yeah. thing really quickly? Just one statistic comes to mind: suicides in America. They did a study where suicides went up dramatically when the front page, within the first four pages of the newspaper, there was a story of a suicide. Mm. Then suicides go up dramatically. Mm. So, oh, I don't know what's going through their mind, but yeah. I'm guessing. Oh, someone else did that. That means I can. Yeah, I can do that too. I, yeah, I get, I'm, get, I'm just totally guessing there. I'm not a psychologist, but yeah, it's it just. Um, I thought that was a very interesting statistic. That happened when I was. I think I talked about this once before, but a, a few like five years ago, I was working in with like vulnerable youth on the northern beaches, and there was mm-hmm. for a period of two years so many suicides with the same age group. Exactly, it was yeah. wild, and we were talking yeah. about that, and, and um, it is interesting. And then it kind of just you know there was one week. I had five female clients of mine, none of which knew each other, but five of them in one week had attempted suicide and were in hospital at the same time. And it was just, and they were all basically the same age, but it was just crazy. And then, you know, the year afterwards or a couple of years later, didn't, there was not a single, you know, suicide attempt in all of, maybe not all of the Northern beaches, but it was like so drastically reduced. So it was really interesting when that kind of coincided also with all this suicide awareness. Mm. Um, That being said that we have shown that talking about suicide directly with someone doesn't, you know, increase their odds of committing suicide. If you ask someone, Mm. are you suicidal? It's not going to put the idea in their head, but having these messages constantly, who knows, the impact of mm. that and you know with like yeah. depression and anxiety i agree that it's it's certainly a, a spectrum and the issue is that you can have really severe chronic depression but we don't we we try not to make that you know become your identity and your sense of self is shouldn't be that you're a depressed or highly anxious person mm. like as you know um i've had for the last like few weeks like this this issue since my shoulder dislocated, I had like a little bit of a spinal injury and like I've had like really chronic pain. And I was talking, hi, shorty. <laughs> Cats visited um, the table. Um, you get a good shot of her <laughs> butt if you're watching the the film. Sit down, good girl. Um, but my my doctor was asking me like how I was feeling or whatever. Mm. And I said, look, you know, it's it is what it is. It's a little bit draining and I haven't been able to move the last three days and I'm a bit stressed about it and kind of overwhelmed um and I'm just really like you know unhappy with how much pain I'm in but it's okay whatever mm-hmm. and straight away she was like you know I think we need to get 
make a mental health plan for you and I think you need to be seeing a therapist and I was like look I don't don't actually feel like you know the quality of my life has reduced or I'm at the point where it's impacting me so much that you know I don't feel lower in mood generally but this is just a period of my life where I'm of course you're not going to be happy about being in so much pain for weeks Um, but it was kind of this drastic I think you may have you know, depression or anxiety when I never mentioned anything Mm. about that other than just I'm in pain and it's pissing me off kind of thing. Um, So it is kind of, you know, interesting how 10 years ago we couldn't get our GPs to acknowledge that we may have depression or anxiety and now it it is so far the other way that you can get a a, um, prescription for anti-anxiety medication from a doctor after one discussion when you've never even met them before. So it's... It's it's a kind of tricky area. It is a tricky area yeah. because you don't want to prevent someone from getting medication that could otherwise lead to yeah. far worse consequences. But mm. at the same time, if there's someone that could deal with that without the medication, mm. I can't see how that wouldn't be the best option. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they say that the best treatment possible for ongoing anxiety or depression is a combination of therapy and and medication mm. but you know that's when it's that's when it's been ongoing and i think ongoing means more than 3 months yeah. so prior to that you need to have been able to explore different avenues um to try to see if it's a phase or if it's overcoming because every single human is going to go through periods Absolutely, of yeah. depression stress anxiety euphoria or whatever yeah and and some people it, it's yeah. it's we tend to personalize that. So like I yeah. went through this bad time in my life and these are the things I did yeah. to get out of it and this is what you can do to get out of it. No, I don't know what how yeah, drastic and significant it is for other people. So I'm not trying to judge any individual person. Mm. I'm talking broadly about how we see these sorts of categorizations. Yeah. Even though at the start of this podcast, I was just thinking about this. I was categorizing everyone as like, you're a builder and you're a yeah. this. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Everything really is a spectrum. Every yeah. builder is like, oh, everyone's on a spectrum of those qualities. And um, But, yeah, we, we probably do have to wrap this one up soon. So We I talked about sex for about a total of four yeah, minutes. Yeah, we didn't actually talk about it. This is what we do on all of these podcasts. The title is, is <laughs> you know, irrelevant. porn and it's like ten minutes of porn. <laughs> I think porn was actually probably the only subject that we stayed on topic for for like the whole podcast. Yeah, probably. Thus far. Oh well. What well, episode are we still up to? Listen to it. Thirty something. Wow. Do you know what it is? It's early thirties, I think. Yeah. Uh yeah. Crazy. Hitting, hitting the fifty soon. Anyway, we'll touch. We'll come back we'll to do it. Do a live one or something like that. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. Yeah, we could do that. Yes. See how we go. Let us know if you want us to do a live podcast. We'll dress up in a theme. The theme will not be porn. It'll be something like. You know, the audience for this is actually quite predominantly male as well. Yes, I. I was a That's bit not surprised. shocking to me at all. I, was a bit, I, I thought, well, I mean, my, my audience is generally male, yeah. so I guess a lot of them would have just come onto this. But the the one I do with Jordan, that one was very male, and it's actually uh, trending a little bit back the other way. More oh, women really? Women are listening. Whereas this one started off a bit more, I think it was 70-30 female-male, and yeah. now it's like 80-20 male-female. Really? Yeah. I have so many men messaging me saying like, um, on on my Instagram saying that our podcast has taught them so much about their relationships and women and sex and things like that. So it's it's been nice. It's kind of wholesome. Thanks oh, you're for welcome, your message. <laughs>
Neil's pearls of wisdom. Yeah, what do I say? What do I even contribute? You, I shouldn't even be here. Increase your testosterone and <laughs> go to the gym. <laughs> don't fuck up like I did, and uh, yeah, go on lots of dates. <laughs> fuck bitches, <laughs> get money. Neil's motto. God. Kidding. And then sniff essential oils. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we have subscription options available, neilkohacker.com slash podcast. All money will go towards charities. Uh, follow Eliza on Instagram if you haven't, at Eliza Joy Wilson. Follow me on all the social media platforms. Uh, check out my live show if you're in Sydney. There's a live stream coming soon. Gold Coast show, March 20th. See you next time. See you next week. <laughs>